Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I see coming from the Leinster House, the government has survived the confidence vote in the Dáil in the past few minutes. The final tally was 86 votes to 67. There'll be plenty of analysis and discussion about that later today. But I'm interested in Mary Allen's story because Mary is 86 years of age and she's been living in rented accommodation in Listole in County Kerry for the past 14 years. She's um, She was served a notice of eviction and now with the eviction ban lifting, she doesn't know where she's going to go. And Mary's son, Michael, is with me here on Lunchtime Live today. Michael, tell me about Mary. My mother's a widow and she's 86 years of age. She's been living in the accommodation for the past uh, 14 years. She's not getting any help from the government. She's been paying her rent out of her pension every week. And so she wasn't on the housing list when it came to the crunch and looking for a place for her to be rehoused. I was told that she wasn't on the housing list and she just didn't want to be in the system. She, you know, At that age, I think she was a bit afraid of the system, you know any bit of savings that she might have. You know, um, the landlord told me a, a few years ago, I went to the landlord and I asked him to about doing the place up and he said to me, look, I'd rather leave it as it is now and I'll leave your mother there until she passes away and then I'll sell the place. But then last year in October, he came back with the um, eviction notice and that's where we are now. So when did she receive or when was she served um, the, the notice, Michael? She was served the notice on the 5th of October, 22. So just last October, she got the notice. And what was yeah. Mary's reaction and your reaction when, when this came in? I was kind of shocked because I had spoken to the landlord about it and um, he had assured me that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be moving my mother until her time came naturally. To, I was just uh, talking about her overstaying the eviction notice that you know, that she couldn't go anywhere, that we we tried to get her places and that even with the help from HAP, she'd still end up paying 700 a month out of her own pension and her own pension would, would be less than 850 a month. So it would be impossible for her to get a house through the HAP Association as well. So you know? HAP, HAP isn't an option. She's paying option. The, the rent out of her out of her out of her pension um, e- mm-hmm. each month. And when the eviction notice came in last October, obviously the eviction ban was in place at the time. Now I assume your your mum Michael would have had some um, leeway in that, like the, the fact she'd been living in this accommodation in this house for fourteen years. When was the date then that she was, I suppose, due to move out of the house? She was given about six months in uh, to move out of the house. And once, once that, sorry, the notice was served to her on the 16th of February, 22. She had to be out of the house by the 5th of October, 22. How was how your mother dealing with this, Michael? Well, I speak to my mother twice a day, every day. And she has... Um, you know, her health has deteriorated. She's lost weight. She's worrying about it all the time. Unless she tells you she's not worried, but at 86 years of age, I think any pressure is too much pressure, you know? Um, she's threatened all the time. Her memory is terrible. I mean, she's a five-minute memory. So you're, you're talking to her continuously about the same thing that she can't remember, you know? I'm sure it's a worry for you as well. 
it is a worry. You know, we we've tried here. Um, you know, I have a two bedroom house, and I'm here, and my sister's out. But none of us, we all have our own families, and at the moment, you know, there is nowhere for us to go with the family. We've uh, we've been looking on the internet, high up and low down, and and like I said, dealing with it happened until they came back that it wouldn't be feasible to go through help, that she couldn't afford it, you know. So with HAP not being an option, and when you go on to DAFT or any of the websites, is there much availability or other places possibly to rent in Listole, Michael? No, there's, like, Listole is very short in accommodation. I actually emailed the house that was up for rent for a very reasonable price in Listole now last week. It was up for about €800. Euro. And down is suitable for an elderly couple. I emailed and messaged through uh, social media, and they they checked the message, but they never got back to me in the house. So I don't know what they shot this thing about the house, but that was the only one that's been available in the store for a long time. There's been nothing available there. Have you been in contact with Kerry County Council about this to see if there's any potential to source alternative yeah. accommodation? Yeah, look, I've been talking to Lorraine O'Sullivan from the Housing Department in Kerry County Council for a, a number of months now since the eviction notice was served on her. And um, she is seeking accommodation for her behind the scenes. She she reassured me yesterday that she is still searching for accommodation for her, but that all the houses that are available in Kerry have been allocated to other families and there is nothing available. Your mum was offered accommodation by Kerry County Council, but you just feel it's it's um you feel it's not suitable accommodation. No, I, did, I didn't feel it wasn't suitable. She went down, she looked she knows the place very well and she was just terrified of the area. The area has a bad name, you know. Uh even though the council reassured me that they've done a lot of work there over the, the past few years. But um she's a, she's been in the store a long time and she just you know, she hears things about the the area down there and what goes on with the, the drugs and everything else. And she was just terrified, you know. But I suppose in, in the absence of, you know, there being other accommodation if she wants to stay in Listole, I know it's not, like, it's not your, maybe your mum's preferred place, but are there other alternatives, Michael? Yeah, no, she's willing to move back to Tralee. Here okay. in Tralee, and we've, we've also... Um, given notice that she's willing to, to move into any local village like on the way to Chile, Lixna, Abedoni, Chile, Castle Island, but there doesn't seem to be anything available. And is it possible in, in terms of family? I mean, you, you mentioned you're nearby or other, other family members. Is, is that an... Mm-hmm. I know it's not an ideal solution, but is it a possible solution in the interim? We we all have family in the houses. Um, rooms are full. The mother comes back to different family members on, on some weekends, and she stays over. But it's uh, it's just putting it's moving the family around so the mother can stay in the bed and okay. you know that kind it's of not, Yeah, okay. Like how she she is she very worried, Michael, about this? She'll tell you she isn't because she's upbeat, but she is very worried. She loses. She's lost an awful lot of weight since this started to happen and she is very forgetful her memory's going and, and like she's continuously asking about it and continuously worried about being put out in the street you know so yeah it's having a big effect on her 
Okay, Michael, look, thank you for, for joining us in the story today or on the show, I should say, today and, and sharing um, your and your mum's story with us on the programme. It's um, yeah, like you'd wonder how can we not source accommodation, alternative accommodation in a situation like this. I know some people wondering and asking just about staying with family. Um, I suppose Michael made the point there that he's in a two bed with family Um and there's difficulties, I suppose, that that come with that as well. But a lot of listeners getting in touch. I mean, imagine worrying about this at 86 years of age. Mary is on the line as well. Mary, what's your situation? Hi there. Well, I suppose um, my partner would be uh, what would be known as an accidental landlord, um, a property that he would have owned uh, where he's from before we were married. We live in Dublin that he has rented out. And um, I guess during the crash, kind of rental rental um, income was, was low. It was hard to rent out. And he has a tenant in there over 10 years now with a young family. Um, and, you know, the, the rents for they in the area would have doubled since then. But, you know, so if, if we had looked to sell a couple of years ago, but the situation that our tenants would be in is they would really struggle to find somewhere else to go. But from our situation, um, we're having to, you know, the, the mortgage, the rental doesn't cover the mortgage or all the associated costs. And then we have to kind of borrow every year when it comes to pay the taxes due on the property. So, you know, um, as someone who grew up in a rental property myself as a child, I wasn't aware of it. It's an awful situation to be in that there isn't security of tenure for um, for people who are renting, that they have kind of that sense that they, you know, they're secure where they are, that um, it, it won't change. But also for kind of people who are small landlords, that it's 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 something that they can continue to to do, so that there's you know that it, it is that you're not penalised by being someone who you know isn't trying to um, I guess to to kind of you know make 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 a make a book on the fact that rents are are higher now than they were maybe mm-hmm. in the past. You can see it from both sides, Mary. You've a, you know you've a, you've a good perspective from. From, from your early stages I suppose you know when growing up in rented accommodation and now seeing your, your partner as an accidental yeah. landlord and the struggles that come with that Yeah and I suppose you know I guess it's you know landlords can get a very bad name but there's a lot of people who are in there who um, are really good landlords and that certainly was our, my experience growing up I wasn't aware that we were in rented accommodation ever you know mm. that until I was an adult um, so I, I guess from our perspective, it would be great to see the government do things to kind of support keeping small landlords in. You know, um, I think it's important that we have a system that protects people who are renting and that, you know, um, that they, they get to be able to rent with security tenure, but also affordability, which is, if, you know, if market rates are driving rents up, it's not good for anybody. I see Kerry County Council have got in touch just with regards to Mary Allen's, um, well, with regards to the, the story or the situation. They just say the council has a strict policy of not commenting publicly on individual cases. Um, this listener says, it's very similar to your story, Mary. This texter says, small landlords, lovely tenants. I'd plan to leave them in situ for another decade until I retire. But with Sinn Féin threats have me researching an immediate sale, chasing landlords out of the system, I think, with the policy. Another texter, my husband, also an accidental landlord. Um, we have to borrow every single year to pay the tax on the rent, says this texter. Like, I, I actually have huge sympathy for for both sides in this. Like, when you listen to Mary's story there, talking about her, her husband as an ex or partner, as an accidental landlord. I mean, you listen to Michael talking about his mother at 86 years of age, 
and this is where policy is at at the moment. And I'm, I'm not. It's not a you know, it's not a a, a big p- policy debate as such. But the bit that I struggle to get my head around is that we had no issue two years ago. I think it was around the very first week of March when COVID hit and we were talking about whether schools were going to be closed and what was going to happen with businesses and restaurants and hotels and the whole, you know, impact of COVID and the changes that had to be brought in and come about as a result of that. And we could take the heads and the best people from every department in every area of society. We could bring them together. We could sit them down and we could come up with a policy to deal with COVID. And whether you agree or not with that policy, the best people were brought in to do it. And I just wonder, like, if we all accept that this is an emergency and a crisis, and I I hear that there isn't, you know, a cliff edge when it comes to the eviction ban, but you cannot listen to Mary Allen's story today and not have sympathy for a woman at 86 years of age in that situation. And I just wonder, are we bringing the best people around today, now that this confidence vote is, is done and dusted, and sit people around a table and actually all government parties, every one of them, and come up with a solution to this. Like, that we don't have people like Mary in Listole worrying and being anxious about, about where she's going to live. Like, I, I just, maybe it is happening. Maybe I'm, I'm not aware of that. But I, it just it's, it's just strikes me as being where everyone's calling this an emergency. Where is the, where is the actual emergency in trying to come up with the plans and the solutions to all of it? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.